Hello and welcome to Scanny Today's Let's Talk AI podcast, where you can hear from AI researchers about what's actually going on with AI and what is just clickbait headlines. Except we usually don't talk about clickbait headlines because that's boring. This is our latest Last Week in AI episode in which you can get a quick digest of last week's AI news, as well as a bit of discussion between two AI researchers as to what you think about this news. To start things off, we'll hand it off to Daniel Bashir to summarize what happened in AI last week. We'll be back in just a few minutes to dive deeper into these stories and give our takes. Hello, this is Daniel Bashir here with our weekly news summary. This week, we'll discuss Tesla, emotion recognition, an AI executive order, and more Google news. We'll start off with the Tesla news, and it's not about Elon Musk's appearance on SNL. As Tesla's director of autopilot software recently told the California DMV, the CEOs overstated the abilities of Tesla's driver assist system. According to The Verge, the memo says that Tesla is at level two, or being a semi-automated driving system that requires supervision by a human driver. Last October, Tesla launched a system called Full Self-Driving that enabled drivers to access Autopilot's partially automated driver assist system on city streets and local roads. It seems that the true capabilities of Tesla's product continue to lag behind Musk's public comments and marketing. Next off, emotion recognition for your cow might be coming soon. As The Next Web reports, a researcher at Wageningen University in Research published an article detailing a system where facial recognition could measure the emotional state of farm animals. To be upfront, as the article points out, there's little evidence that emotion recognition systems actually work. It's hard to tie facial features to internal mental states, and we shouldn't trust AI systems to do that work when there's no ground truth for human emotion. The paper makes claims of high accuracy for identifying animal mood compared to human spotters. While there might be questions about emotion recognition generally, the next web says this application is probably fine. At worst, the AI system performs a little worse than farmers and could help them more efficiently identify animals in discomfort to treat them when needed. Last December, the Trump administration issued an executive order on trustworthy AI encouraging government agencies to share best practices. As FedScoop reports, the executive order set the process in motion by requiring AI applications that didn't meet minimum requirements to be retired. In particular, the Department of Veterans Affairs National AI Institute has been working with other VA components to create an AI use catalog. VA also aims to pilot modules that can be added to an internal review board on AI. Before building AI models, researchers will go through a voluntary checklist that encourages safeguarding data and focusing on mitigating bias. And finally, more news on Google's ethical AI team. The search company plans to double the size of its team in the coming years in the wake of challenges to its credibility in the space. According to the Wall Street Journal, VP of Engineering Marion Croak said the hires will increase the team's size to 200 members, while the team's operating budget will increase as well. Croak herself has called the recent exits from the team a tragedy and took on leadership of the ethical AI team because she felt she could provide stability amid the distress. That's all for this week's news roundup. Stay tuned for a more in-depth discussion of recent events. Thanks, Daniel, and welcome back, listeners. Now that you had the summary of last week's news, feel free to stick around for a more laid-back discussion about this news by two AI researchers. 
I am Andrei Kornikov, a third-year PhD student at the Stanford Vision and Learning Lab. I focus mostly on learning algorithms for robotic manipulation and reinforcement learning. And with me is my co-host. I'm Dr. Sharon Joe, a graduating fourth-year PhD student in the Machine Learning Group, working with Andrew Ng. I do research on generative models and applying machine learning to tackling climate change and medicine. And uh, we've got kind of a, a variety of stories this week, which I think is interesting. Some, some you know, fun things, some research, and some less fun things uh, that you know we've discussed in the past, uh, including our first thing to discuss. Uh, the new story here is Google plans to double AI ethics research staff from the uh, WHGA. And uh, there's also another story from Wired that black and queer AI groups say they'll spurn Google funding. So if you've uh, you know, been following AI news or just this podcast, you'll know that over the last uh, half year, roughly, there's been um, a lot of uh, things going on with Google's uh, ethical AI team. Starting uh, late last year, when uh, Timna Jebru was fired um, over, um, let's say, uh, I mean, there's some differing stories between her and Google, but it seems very clear that a paper that was critical of Google's technology that she co-wrote with some collaborators was the inciting incident that led to that. And then her co-lead in the group, uh, Margaret Mitchell, uh, was fired several months later, uh, seemingly because she was supportive of um, her uh, former coworker. And since then, uh, you know, uh, it's been announced that there's a new uh, head of the team, uh, Marion Crook, and now it's been reported that um, they're committed to increasing the size of the responsible AI team uh, to 200 researchers. So quite a big. You know, division. And uh, really around that time, or maybe this was just reported uh, because uh, of the story, uh, it's been, uh, yeah, there's been this article that um, several groups, uh, oh, in a joint statement this Monday, uh, groups like Black and AI, Queer and AI, and Widening NLP uh, said that they uh, will not be accepting funding from Google. And this is following, uh, in March, organizers of the Fairness, Accountability, and Transparency Conference also turned down Google funding at that time. So, yeah, kind of a combination of stories that shows the uh, place Google is in where among this sub-community, I think they're definitely uh, quite negatively seen, but it, they're still trying to continue. Uh, and, and they, you know, had quite a big team and uh, work on this in the past, uh, before these firings. And it seems they are committed to trying to keep going. So it's, it's a bit of a strange situation, I guess. Uh, what do you think, Sharon? I think they're trying to bounce back from uh, basically a lot of uh, the criticism um, and trying to build out that team again, but probably in a way, in the way that they want it. I mean, it's a little bit like greenwashing. It's kind of like 
ethics washing, you know? Um, and I think like, that's what they're trying to do. And as a business, I think, you know, arguably it does, it makes sense for them to still do that. And still obviously care about the community, but care about the business as well. So I'm guessing that's kind of what they're going after here. Yeah, I guess I agree that, you know, completely sidelining the team would have maybe even been a worse, uh, you know, outcome, <laughs> you know, and not having, they, they need a new head of it. They couldn't just abandon it and probably doubling down and giving him more funding was sort of the least they could do to try and, um, make the PR not quite as bad, but at least among the AI research community, it seems like, you know, it's, it's, the stain is always going to be there. And it's just a question of how much can they make up for it of actual research contributions, hopefully. Right. We shall see. I mean, they're trying to move on. Of course, people are kind of unhappy that they're trying so hard at the move on phase, but I guess that's how, that's how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I guess the good news is, you know, you can't hire or hopefully they hire people who are invested in this topic, you know, actually care about FOKAI. And then uh, of course there's this kind of problem of big company versus individual employees and researchers having different goals. But uh, at some point, you know, you, you hope that the team itself, the people themselves, uh, who obviously I think the community doesn't have a thing against, the community has a thing against Google, they'll still be accepted and their contributions will still be seen as valuable. Right, I agree. Well, on to a lighter topic, our next article is from Gizmodo titled Grand Theft Auto looks frighteningly photorealistic with this machine learning technique. And this is based on a paper from Intel Labs, uh, and they are using uh, different generative models, machine learning techniques to uh, make the footage in real time or real time-ish for the game GTA Grand Theft Auto to make it look photorealistic uh, so that you're, it actually feels like you're driving. Um, and uh, this is not uh, like we were chatting about earlier. This is not super, super new in the sense that um, like, you know, other results were able to, to get things to be photorealistic as well. But this is really focused on this game here. And so I think that is what's really cool um, as well as the real time aspect of it is, is really cool and makes it relevant for, you know, real time gameplay. Yeah, we were talking a bit, um, I think, you know, this article, of course, is a little bit clickbaity because I don't know if it is frighteningly photorealistic. And as you said, this is a new, like there's literally been papers before on making GTA 5 look photorealistic. And in the paper itself, there are comparisons to prior work. Uh, and so... Uh, when you look at the videos that have come out of it, it is very impressive. It is still important to note that the improvements here are relatively minor compared to prior work. It's more about the details, more about removing artifacts, uh, using some new tricks rather than you know something completely new, as this headline implies. Yes, it's more likely that they have a really good uh, PR team here. (laughs) 
I'm sure, yeah, this is by Intel, so it <laughs> sounds very plausible. Uh, but at the same time, the paper does have some neat ideas, as we were discussing. Um, we're doing something I haven't seen before, which is taking the actual uh, rendering buffers from the game. So the game computes different things like, you know, uh, geometry, lighting, textures, and that instead of just feeding the RGB image from the camera in the game, they're also feeding in this extra information, which um, is interesting and um, particularly relevant to this topic of making game rendering better. And uh, it did mention that they're working or, or are hoping to make it run at interactive rates so that you can actually render you know, the game to be this photorealistic as you play it, which personally I would be very excited by. It just sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Although, you know, this is all from driving scenes. I'm pretty sure if I try to be photorealistic with people. And, oh, that's uh, not going to look right. Yeah. You're going to have some scary stuff going on. It's going to look pretty weird. Yeah. It's okay. Weird is often what we sign up for. So. Yeah, weird can be fun. Weird can be at least interesting. So, right. Yeah, uh, if if that sounds interesting to you, I would suggest uh, look this up. Uh, if you Google "enhancing photorealism enhancement," which is a fun little title, you can see the demo video and, and some of the ideas there. But for now, on from video games to a slightly more real-world topic, uh, maybe more consequential topic, uh, we have this article from Wired, The Pentagon Inches Toward Letting AI Control Weapons. So um, this is uh, from uh, General John Murray, who is from the U.S. Army Futures Command, and he told an audience at the U.S. military economy last month that swarms of robots will force military planners, policymakers, and society to think about whether a person should make every decision about using legal force in new autonomous systems. And um, yeah, uh, this article also says that other comments similarly suggested such things. Uh, and this also follows on the heels of a report this month from the National Security Commission on AI, NSCAI, uh, that recommended uh, many things, as you were just looking, but among other things that the U.S. resist calls for an international ban on the de development of autonomous weapons. Um, yeah, so we, we were just exploring this a bit, and uh, I think... It's only a matter of time until we get to hear more about these topics. So it's been a bit quiet so far. Uh, what did you think about this uh, news, Sharon? Well, like we were talking about before, we were surprised that the government has a pretty good website up um, when it comes to like AI and the DOD. Uh, and I'm not surprised they've been thinking about I mean, obviously, they've been thinking about this uh, quite some time. Um, so it's not super surprising. Um, I think there is a concern mentioned in the article around just like the democratization of AI and the weaponization of AI that can land in the hands of anyone. Um, and so that's a little bit concerning. Um, and, 
yeah, I, I definitely that I echo that like the fact that your average person can can probably run a lot of things now, um, or maybe you're not your average person, but you don't need super super special expertise to run certain things now. So I do understand how that could be dangerous. Yeah, and I think one thing that the support uh, mentions is that you know um, one consideration here is that there are other governments uh, out there also investing in this and uh, in the support actually it um, specifically says AI is deepening the threat posed by cyber attacks and disinformation campaigns that Russia and China and others are using to infiltrate our society still our data inter- interfere with our democracy and Obviously, I would imagine those uh, countries are also looking into autonomous uh, weaponry. Um, but I did, I did find it interesting, kind of browsing the executive summary of this report, because while this article is is correct in that you know it's inching toward um, letting AI control weapons, I think it's maybe more interesting to note how the DOD is investing and thinking about AI more generally, because I think this is a very small component of that. Uh, if you look at the support, which again has an impressively nice website to browse it, uh, we found interesting. There's a lot there of, you know, enhancing uh, funding going from 1.5 billion to 8 billion, um, you know, making sure we win the R and D race, um, scaling up digital talent in the government um, and a whole a lot of other stuff. So personally, you know, reading this news and looking over a report, I would say I would still not worry about it in the near term. I think things like cyber attacks and, you know, vying for talent are much more what is going to be the case uh, from the military standpoint in the near future. Well, on the topic of autonomous AI, uh, the next article is titled Tesla privately admits Elon Musk has been exaggerating about, quote, full full self-driving. And that's an article from The Verge. And of course, uh, this article is not alone. Um, So The Guardian also had an article, Tesla and fatal California crash may have been in autopilot mode, officials say. And then uh, of course, LA Times also is saying DMV probing whether Tesla violates state regulations with self-driving planes. So there's, I mean, obviously been a lot of uh, issues with te- Tesla's self-driving uh, autopilot claims uh, over the past, I don't know, years now, definitely months. Um, and it, there have been uh, certainly issues specifically with the full self-driving product uh, that was announced last October because that is, you know, claiming to be completely self-driving. Um, and obviously it is not at level five autonomy right now, where, w- which means that the car can drive itself practically anywhere. Um, so the DMV, California DMV is definitely investigating this and there, I mean, we're not surprised that this article is up, but it's just an accumulation of all that's been going on um, from that. Any thoughts, any interesting tidbits uh, you'd like to extract from it, Andre? Yeah, I guess, uh, as you said, nothing really new here per se, but I do think that having all three articles, all three pieces of news kind of come 
out at the same time period is a good reminder, but this is still the case and nothing has really changed. Uh, so the, the um, DMV story is that uh, there was a memo that says Elon Street does not match engineering reality per CJ and CJ is the director of Adapod software CJ Moore. And uh, it's saying, according to me, Tesla is at level two currently, which is a semi-automated driving system which requires supervision by a human driver, which is actually explicitly what you know uh, drivers are told. You're supposed to supervise your car, keep your hands on the wheel. So um, I think you know it's it's funny how. Tesla is trying to have it both ways of on the one hand saying, well, you know, we're not saying it's fully autonomous. People must uh, keep attention on the wheel. They can't fall asleep as has actually happened or or there's been videos of people, you know, not keeping their uh, hands on the wheels. And on the other hand, they have uh, this mode of full self-driving beta for people and they call their thing autopilot. So it's, it's kind of still blows my mind that, you know, it's, it's actually something that they think is fine <laughs> to have something called full self-driving while they clearly don't. And yeah, I guess it's good to see now that uh, the DMV is proving whether it's validating state regulations by doing this given um, it's, it's just, totally not matching reality to say you have a full share driving capability option, but it's not right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I think they're just operating around, you know, Hey, this is just marketing, but we saw with Theranos, you can't always be <laughs> in the, this is just marketing phase of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is our notes. Apparently Tesla is facing hundreds of lawsuits. Um, and uh, if the DMV finds Tesla is misleading customers, then potential penalties could be suspension or revocation of DMV autonomous vehicle deployment permits and other things. So, you know, misleading advertising is a big deal and it's, it's hard not to see the case for that here. I, I don't know, Sharon, I think we agree on that one. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to justify it here. <laughs> It's funny how, you know, make it many cases in AI, we've seen a lot of different, you know, aspects of hype where, you know, we, we have, we understand as researchers the limitations of different systems and know that, you know, different news stories are maybe exaggerating things like that GTA story. But here it's, you don't need to know much about AI except for this thing we're calling full cell driving isn't full cell driving. You must keep your attention on the road or there's going to be a car accident. It's, it's pretty um, surreal. Yeah. And also just self-explanatory that it's not. Yeah. Yeah. This article has a nice note also that, uh, um, Plainsight published communications between Tesla's associate general counsel, Eric Williams, and California's DMV's chief of the autonomous vehicle branch. And in that, this um, associate general counsel from Tesla 
notes that neither either pilot nor FSD full self-driving capability is an autonomous system and currently no comprising feature is autonomous or makes our vehicles autonomous. So it's their, their legal defense is full self-driving capability is not autonomous. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. So no legal defense. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but I feel like there's some flaws in this uh, line of thinking. Just a few, maybe. Yeah. Would you um, let a full self-driving Tesla drive you around, do you think? <laughs> uh, no. Well, I wouldn't want it to be the only thing. Um, I would want, you know, humans, so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's... I am excited for it because I think the technology seems to be pretty impressive, but uh, it's kind of a downer of that despite having, you know, really good technology and, and making getting around easier, they have this ridiculous marketing that doesn't seem like it's really needed, you know, hard to understand. Right. Yeah. It's, I, I think, I think we'll get there and I do actually believe in Tesla and getting there. And I guess this is like a testament to how aggressive they are, but it's, I mean, there's a fine, I mean, the problem is when you really put lives at stake, it, it's not cool. It's not cool, but killing people is not cool. Not cool. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not cool. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe, uh, you know, with these lawsuits, they will change the name and, uh, you know, rein it in a bit. And so we can actually be happy that they're making progress and not disappointed in this uh, weird naming convention I chose. Right. And with that, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Skynet Today's Let's Talk AI podcast. You can find the articles we discussed here today and subscribe to our weekly newsletter with similar ones at skynettoday.com. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to leave us a rating and a review if you like the Be show. Be sure to tune in next week. Be sure to and tune in oh, next week. Yeah.